Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I am your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And welcome back into the house for episode 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two left. Two more, two more to the big one double O, triple digits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a milestone, you know. I, I know a lot of podcasts start blowing up actually later into their, you know, into their hundreds, but we've been getting really good traction, yo. So nice, I look forward nice. to putting on a good show for the, for the hundred for everybody who's been with us. We appreciate you. Let's go ahead and uh, start checking out the news for the week, though. What's been goings on? Let's start out with the entertainment like we do. So did you hear 2021 movie releases? Um, many of the movie releases in 2021 are coming out simultaneous on HBO Max. So I hear. And I think, boy, Netflix, you fuck it up. You fuck it up. And I don't think you're going to save yourself with the black people slave. Like, I think it feels like Netflix realizes that they lost the content war. So they're like, why don't we just make pandering content for, for, for racists? They're super fervent. They'll love to come to our platform if we, if we give them that. Because that shit don't make no sense. As someone who watches Netflix here and there, I do not share that same opinion. Well, no, you, you wouldn't. That's why. That's what's so insidious about the Netflix algorithm. Netflix <laughs> won't show you their racist content because Netflix algorithm probably knows you're black. Or probably has a good idea of your tastes and it doesn't include All I'm that saying stuff. is I don't think that they're like... I, don't, I do not think that Netflix is, is specifically putting out uh, uh, content to appease racist. No, to court racists, not to appease them. Still don't agree with it. No, okay, I definitely believe that I sure. definitely believe that they believe that they think that yeah, there's cool. a de- there's a demographic of racist people and they deserve content and we will make content for them. Whether or not they're pandering to them because they agree with the ideology, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that Netflix identifies probably a significant portion of of the of the uh demographics of their consumers as appreciating racially charged uh uh content and they will create racially charged content just for them you because they want to court that two, you just made two completely different no, statements I didn't. though what, what racially charged content is not the same thing as courting races you can that make is. you can make racially charged content without flowery language racially charged content is yeah, right. is, is flowery language for creating content for racists i mean but the reason why the only reason why I disagree is because you can make something that's racially charged without specifically catering to racists. Something that is it's something that can covers a controversial time in racist mm-hmm. in in um for entertainment? Not for entertainment. Okay, but okay. Netflix not everything only. on Netflix mm-hmm. is for entertainment. There are also documentaries and things on there as well. Sure, there there's stuff there for you to yeah, not everything on there is for entertainment, I would say. No, but I I would say that the documentaries that they choose are strictly for entertainment value, not for informative value. It's not like they they have a documentary section specifically to cultivate a body of valid knowledge. They have a documentary section because it is a popular genre for people to watch, and they will put a documentary that says that that says that Donald Trump was the best president in the in the world in in this country's history. If someone made it and they thought it would get content, that's what I mean. Like having a documentary section doesn't mean that you're there for uh, informational value. It's just that documentaries are entertaining. And if they really cared about information, that documentary section would have a fact checking uh, person inside of the content creation section and say, well, we we see you have a documentary, but your documentary isn't based in reality. And so we wouldn't air it. That's not a thing. And, I'm, and you know what I mean? And so, no, their documentary section is also there for entertainment. I can present facts to you 
in the form of entertainment and dilute the factual value of it. And that's what the problem with the news is, for that matter. Like, Netflix is is in the same, like, genre as the news when it comes to documentaries. Like, they're not there for information. They're there for entertainment. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, you, you're right. They are there for entertainment, but it's not like you can't learn shit from them. You feel me? And it's not like there's only one type of documentary. There are tons of documentaries on Netflix. I hear you. I hear you. My thing is, is that it's a dangerous way to consume documentaries because as you consume documentaries on Netflix, you're going to you're going to be predisposed to believing them because you're not watching them because you think that they're lying to you. And unfortunately, using documentaries mm -hmm. somewhere else. Yes. People who go to Discovery for documentaries, I think, are looking for information. People who go to Netflix for documentaries are looking for entertainment. Well, I agree because I agree with that because Netflix is an entertainment platform. And I'm but, not blaming. I'm not mad at the people who do that. I'm just pointing it out because if we don't adequately acknowledge that that's what it's there for, people will start to go to the documentary section of Netflix, assuming that it's giving them valid information. And it's not. It's just giving them entertaining documentaries. But what I'm saying is there are some documentaries there that do provide valid mm -hmm. information. And, I would and say you're that, lumping mm -hmm. them all together and not really making a distinction. Because the primary reason why they're on there is not for the valid information. Which is fine, but I'm, I'm not saying mm -hmm. that... I'm, I'm saying that when they're on there for the... And, and having them there for educational purposes, just because, just because you're also getting their entertainment value, I don't think that devalues the fact that you can learn something from there. Just because there are documentaries on Netflix mm -hmm. that are not educational doesn't mean that devalues the ones that there that you can learn things from. That's not okay. I agree with you. I'm not saying it devalues the documentaries. I think it devalues Netflix as a platform. Oh, that's for consuming. I mean, the value of Netflix as a I'm platform saying. will well, vary I mean, between yeah. people regardless, anyway. Absolutely, but that and and all of these commentaries are never commentaries directly on the content because the content is individually. It's your opinion whether you like it. It's entertainment. What I'm uh, critiquing is Netflix as a platform and the Netflix documentary platform, I don't think is a healthy place because unfortunately it will give you, it will put equal, uh, it will give you, well, the algorithm will present to you information that is false and information that is true right next to each other with no, with no degree of, of, of fact check or without any degree of notification as to, hey, this documentary doesn't have any kind of substantial uh, scientific evidence behind it. And then the other documentaries, you know, might have it, but it also still doesn't tell you this is a doc. Because I'm assuming that most people aren't in the, in the job of, of researching every documentary documentary that they watch that's why you're watching documentary because that person did research you're you're assuming but unfortunately today since anyone can produce a documentary that's not the case and there's no body that there's no regulated body that that will look at these and say hey this is actually relatively you know standard knowledge or this is you know coincides with scientific knowledge or nothing there's nothing that does that you know what i mean and so yes individual i'm not saying that documentaries as a whole are a useless form of cinema no no no. i'm just saying that netflix as a platform to view documentaries be careful be careful because that shit will tell you will will present many many things to you as if they're factual that are not well i just think that particular gripe is not at all um uh specific to netflix 
I wouldn't say specific to Netflix, but they are a very egregious offender of it. And that's where I'm getting at. Because you're, you're right. It isn't. Uh, HBO doesn't have fact checkers on their documentaries and people don't sit there and bitch about that. You know what I mean? Now, it just so happens that HBO has been relatively good about their content in that if you were to check up on most of their content, content, the vast majority of it checks out. And they also don't com- they don't produce that much nonfiction content to begin with. So, you know, there there are definitely other platforms that this could be set of. I'm just addressing it on Netflix right now. And I got that same energy for any other platform I witness it on, whether it's Disney Plus, Hulu, any streaming platform that gives you access to to something that could be viewed as news and or factual documentary information. So media they in general, also. basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just talking about Netflix because fuck Netflix. I don't like them. <laughs> but I got to talk about everyone I don't like. I just don't like Netflix right now. So I'm shitting on them. But, um, nah. <laughs> uh, fuck it. How did I get onto that again? Oh, that's all to the side. I think that HBO, <laughs> damn, dude, we got really far from this topic. HBO Max, I think, is going to be doing amazing things having, uh, most of the, uh, theater releases in 2020 also simultaneously being released on HBO Max. That's huge. That's yeah, going to pretty much no reason to go to theaters anymore for most people. The va- yeah, I agree. I agree. And and that that was my comment it was not like theaters. you can anyway. <laughs> uh theaters cuz well, you know, we're talking about that. You know, most I mean, I know here, let's just talk locally because I don't want to talk about the whole country, but I know locally, Orange County and San Bernardino Sheriff's already said, we're not enforcing those stay-at-home orders. Fuck you. <laughs> so I doubt that LA uh, sheriffs are going to, they'll, they'll use it to victimize black people like they usually do, but I doubt that in the white neighborhoods they're going to be enforcing any stay-at-home orders for, for December. So it's like, I guess, I mean, they could say everything shut down. I don't really think it is, but I'm pretty sure that... I don't know, man. That movie theater right down our house has not been open since, like, March. As I said, <laughs> they will use it to terrorize black people. I, the theater over in, in, in Culver City is open, though. Oh, we, is it? Which yeah, we one? drove by there because there's a restaurant over there we, that we grab pickup from. And, yeah, they're open. So, you know what I mean? It'll, yes... Black people will always suffer the butt of whatever whatever kind of lockdowns going on. But no, I mean, we could you go to white areas and they're still open. They're still open. Yeah, I ain't going to no movie. Well, but I, I agree with you. Movie theaters. We in the same boat there though. anyway. So it's not that. that make them well, I used to thing. love going to theaters on the Sunday morning when nobody's in there and smoking a joint and watching a movie. Fucking a bro. That's my shit. I only ever like I I don't know I I unless it was like a unless there was a reason for me to see it on a big screen i.e. Marvel movies i.e. Transformer movies i.e. Yes. big budget mm-hmm. um stunts and visual uh, spectacle yeah, yeah. like I I'd much rather sit at home and watch that shit in the comfort of my own absolutely home. well I mean and and. I just, those are the only type of movies that I generally watch. Yeah, anyway. that's the so only I, type of movie I, I'd ever go to a theater to watch. Yeah, and they and there was a time when they were releasing about three or four of those a year. So mm-hmm. there was a time when I was going like every couple months to the movies, and so I and that's something I enjoy too. It's not even like I need a huge kick in the butt to go to the movies. I enjoy it. So it is what it what it is. But with the stuff coming out to HBO Max, I'm not sure if they're going to be charging extra for the movies. I don't know how that's going to work. Lol. Yeah, guys, we're dying. So I'm going to need you to charge us extra. 
to fill these seats that are fucking super no, 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 empty. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I mean, is HBO Max going to you? You have a subscription to HBO Max. Do you have to pay them more to watch the movie? I mean, that's possible. I know Disney tried that with Mulan. I'm not sure how well it worked. It didn't go well in America. I think it went well across. uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. I know they've tried it, but I think it's a stupid-ass idea, and I would never in a million years support that dumb shit. So I I couldn't tell you how well it's going to work because I'm not the average consumer. Yeah, I don't know how well it's going to work. There are a few movies that I think that I would watch, per se. But, um... But yeah, I'm not sure, A, how much I would pay to watch those movies, and if if it's worth additions to the subscription. Yeah, no. That's how they get you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure you. about you that. You paying like $300. But I think 2021 is going to be slow for, for Netflix. Because between Disney+, Plus, uh, Hulu, and HBO Max, and, the, and, and all of them are... Quote, you know, though, you know, hopefully nothing too bad happens, but they're generally able to produce content without huge controversy. Um, Netflix has been producing a huge amount of content with a lot of controversy. And for a company that has never in its actual existence been profitable, I don't know if that's how you want to keep on going. Because Netflix has actually, I don't think, ever been profitable since it's begun. Like, it's always broke even. It's always been a platform more than uh, it, it's a it's a platform for for content creators, and it's the licensing thereof that they make their money. Like the Netflix distribution, like subscription fees, has not been a profitable entity for them for a long time. If I remember correctly, I believe that's what I. No, you're right. Was. And so, you know, I don't know if this is the way you want to go, uh, uh, progressing forward into this new environment. When, I mean, yes, most content distribution platforms have a hit, a hit miss ratio similar to Netflix's. When you have something like HBO Max that's hit, you know, that's that's ability to produce uh, positively consumed content is so much higher. I don't think that's a healthy environment for Netflix to continue on the path that they're using. I could be wrong. I'm not an analyst. They got... Tons of white people telling them how the trends are leaning and what they're doing and how if, if it's right or wrong. I just don't see that as being the the like, you know, based on the fact that people are successfully doing it without all of those bags. Like they have sandbags that no other distribution platform is having to deal with right now. And they're still not profitable yet. So it's just like, I don't know, guys. That's that how you want to compete in 2021? Uh, Netflix would be fine. I mean, it'll exist. <laughs> now, I, I don't think they really got anything to worry about because they've been leading. They've been leading the game on the whole streaming thing, and everybody has been trying to recreate what Netflix has been doing. From everybody else has been jumping into Netflix's lane, and they've yet to do something that's more innovative than Netflix since Netflix has come out. They've just well, been I disagree. Behind them, uh, just because what is streaming done Hulu? more innovative? Oh no, no, I want to. Not not innovative in terms of the the content distribution, but in terms of original content. Oh, yeah. Hulu has way more uh, original content, and on top of that, they have better licensed content. Oh well, I, I was I wasn't talking about that. And that's okay. fine. I'm not, uh, yeah, I was specifically oh, oh, talking about and real like quick, just to, their, just to, their presence in the streaming game. And and 
moreover, Netflix's dominance resides largely on NBC properties that are getting pulled now. And so I just don't think I don't think that they actually have a leg to stand on. I really don't like the fact that they're losing a substantial portion of their of their library. They lost Disney. They lost NBC. Like, really? Like, I just don't think that is any uh, Netflix content that can keep them relevant in the face of those two catalogs leaving them. Like, I don't know, man. I guess I don't I don't have the numbers, but <laughs> this shit feels real bad. It feels bad, Charles. It feels I bad. I mean, to be fair, they've been saying that about Netflix since Netflix became a company. That they're no, not going to be profitable. They, they're not going to survive. And no, but they've never had to deal with content. Uh, uh, oh, you're right. Like yeah, this. definitely. They Getting created a com- they created a content competition. They got office pulled off of their. I shit. get you. That's I'm, a huge I'm, I, section of their viewers. I'm not saying that the things Seinfeld. that they're losing aren't going to cause them issues. All I'm saying is, I do not think that those issues will be enough to tank that company to a or even knock it down that sufficient. Not knock it down that much farther than the other ones currently in the game. I mean, like Office was thirteen percent of their viewership. Okay, Seinfeld I mean, I, mean, I, I get Seinfeld you. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but that doesn't mean that those are the only shows that exist. That doesn't mean no, they no, can't no, no, create no, new shows, and they, that doesn't mean yeah. they can't relicense new ones. I get, I, I get I, it. You no, th- they won't. They cannot relicense new ones. They're going to have to make new content. They're going to have to create original content because no one's licensing to them anymore. Okay. And and, the, and I mean cuz I mean I'm not just saying this just ad hoc. I mean NBC, CBS, ABC, all of the major MGM, um all of the major production houses are I get are, and you. And I'm not dude. saying that Netflix I, can't I make you. new stuff. I and hear you. They're you know losing they, things. And, and what I will say they can do, <laughs> they can grab from other countries. They can grab some stuff from other countries and bring them over, but I that I don't know. I just don't think in the face of that many platforms that are adding that are that are adding new content and you and 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 utilizing catalogs that are established. Okay, I guess, man. I mean, if the weed's that good, <laughs> your regular weed dealer might suffice in the face of all of these new dispensaries. But I don't know. I just I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I mean, and it, it to me it seems when you when you when you hit Jay Z to write a fucking or executive produce a fucking movie about black slave owners, you're reaching. I'm sorry, that's the bottom of the barrel. That's literally bottom of the barrel storylines. Yo, I get you. You ain't got faith. <laughs> I get you. I get you. You have no faith in Netflix, man. I feel you. No, I mean it's not about Nate, but I'm just saying. I mean, I think that I've made some pretty valid points as to like those are not little things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I if get Florida stop listening to our podcast. That's like ah fuck. That's a market for us. Like, we got a strong market in Florida. I can't just say ah we'll make it through through through. I don't know. And I know we're not Netflix. I just to see like ten percent of your of your of your viewed catalog just getting yanked. I get you, man. In a business model where you're, you're not saying, even bro. profitable? I understand I mean, I what you're it. saying, but you know what I mean? You just go keep going. So I don't really, no, I don't I, really know I, what I'm else not, to tell I'm, you. I'm begging for, for for you to tell me something that, that seems convincing. I I'm not trying. Scared. I was never trying to convince you. I was merely stating my point. That's all. I was never trying <laughs> to convince you. All right. This is my question to you, though. Are you going to get the vaccine to see Lupe concerts? No. That shit wild. The last con- the last album I listened to for Lupe was Lasers, and I was so disappointed in that album. Really? 
Absolutely. There was like oh, two wow. track on Lasers that I liked. See, I liked I I'm I wouldn't say that that I'm not a fan of Lupe music, but this Negro is fucking out of his goddamn mind if he thinks I'm gonna inject myself with something just to see his bitch ass in fucking public. Hell no. Sorry. And I say that <laughs> lovingly. I say that lovingly. Okay. I say bitch ass lovingly because I like Lupe a lot as an artist. But the idea that just because, nigga, you on stage, what the fuck are you worried about? Like, if you want to distance yourself from your public because of X, Y, and Z, you don't think that it's safe or blah, 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 do your thing. But to require me to inject something into my body just to see you just shows me that you're a fucking tool. You're a tool. Like, someone is paying you right now. Yeah, that's a Because you're going to lose thing. money doing this. Because you are on a fucking, part of your fucking uh, audience crosses over with people like Royce. And you think Royce's audience is about to fucking take a vaccine to go see Lupe? My friend, I really hope that he rethinks this. <laughs> it is a ridiculous thing to to propose. You do not have the concert viewership to to Well, I should you know what? Honestly, Lupe is mostly white people in his his concerts. And I so, mean you say that now, but that's the new wave. That's gonna be the new wave. What, He's just the head of the game. No, the whole require um require a vaccine in order to be in a public space to do x y or z i don't think that's going to take hip-hop uh i don't think it's going to take hip-hop i i think it will if they need to survive financially like nah, artists are losing the a top lot of, of money by not being able to play concerts the top of hip-hop right now kendrick lamar j cole drake right. can we say those are the, that's the maybe right they're now? good but there are still of them a are not ton of other hip-hop that. artists that still need to tour to make money and nah, if they make think... it a requirement that in order to gather like that, you need to have that vaccine. People oh, they, they'll will... never get that to pass. I mean, They'd have to because and, and I'm not saying it's because black people don't like that. But the white people would never let that pass. White people would never let a, there, a legislation ticket, like didn't that Didn't you pass. already mention a while back that Ticketmaster is already requiring people to have that uh, 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 vaccine in order to go to concerts? No, Ticketmaster is requiring it for uh, for purchase for ticket sales and surge places. But. That's still not, they're not, requ they're requiring you to click a box. Have you had your vaccine or have you had your, your thing? That's click a box. That's the first step. You can't predict, you can't That's the require <laughs> anybody to, to first of all, A, divulge their HIPAA protected information for your public event. I believe like, you yourself mentioned that thing. people were having an issue with doing that because they did not know that they um, were violating their own HIPAA rights. Yes, yeah, but because they know now. people don't. You're right, but they know now. Like people Some are people do, learn. sure, yes. But, you know. I just okay. think that, um, I don't think that it's, the highest touring people right now are pop artists and hip-hop artists. And, you know, honestly, nah, you know, it's most, I, you know, you can't discount that 60% of all audiences are white. Nah, no matter man. what you, uh, the main, uh, unless you are a black oriented, even Kendrick Lamar audiences are white, to be honest. Like you go to a Kendrick Lamar audience and you have to look at the white person to your left saying nigga all the time. Like that's a thing, you know, so I can't really discount that. And I don't think that white people are scared of getting the vaccine for the most part. Um, maybe the people in the middle of the country, but the people who live in cities are absolutely pro get this vaccine. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, from my opinion, and the circles I like to run with, which are mostly minority and black people, it doesn't seem like it's going to work. But actually, no, 60 plus percent of the country is probably going to get the vaccine and be fine with it. Fair but me. then why would you require it is my question. Liability. 
Liability. Having someone sign away their right to sue you is worth more than its weight in gold if you can just have that one issue just not worried about. But then you could just have a waiver. You could just have a waiver and not restrict your audience. I mean, yeah, but there are multiple ways to do it for sure. But I that that's just how I see it. I see but that's that why I say he's getting paid. In the, Clearly, in the, someone's um, paying him to require a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's. I don't you know, think he. Lupe does has have a, a addiction to fancy cars, and so since he hasn't actually sold shit in the last and recently, he might need that money to go get his next Lambo. It ain't no might, bro. Artists make most of their monies from touring. Feel me. <laughs> You make most of your monies from touring the non-musical shit. Music don't make you no money. Streams don't make you no money. It's fucking touring, merch, and all the shit you do independently, out, independently outside of the studio's control. True. Yeah, so... so like, everybody who requires, like, an audience to do mm-hmm. their work is fucking hurting right now. So pretty much... After this conversation, I pretty much feel like Lupe knows that this is going to be the wave. And so even if he doesn't believe in it, he's going to do it because niggas is going to do it anyway. So let him be the first one. That's how I feel. Instead of saying, I'm going to stand on my principles like someone like me. I don't know, man. Lupe has been kind of weird for a while. Super weird. Just saying nothing new with Lupe. Wasn't he another flat earther, him and B.O.B.? Or was it just B.O.B.? I think it was just B.O.B. And he was saying, don't get mad at B.O.B. for being a free oh, thinker. that's what it was. And I was like... <laughs> I know, that's 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 the right answer. Like, free thinker, nigga. What are you talking about? Like, you're using a phone that literally... You're tweeting from a phone that relies on the principles of a round earth to tell everyone that's that great. you think believe in a flat earth. Like, shut that's the fuck great. up, man. No, bro. He's a free it's free thinking. thinking. That's... But yeah, I guess free thinking is 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 a dog whistle for thinking stupidly. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was that whole shit. I thought that that was ridiculous. But um, free thinker, that's lit. I like that. <clears throat> hey man, oh. gotta have an open mind. Oh man, it can't be too open because then people put bullshit in it. <laughs> exactly. You sit there with your mouth open, a fly will get into it. Like fuck out of here. <laughs> Flat Earthers are so funny. Um, oh, did you see oh, Boosie man. has a twenty million dollar lawsuit against Facebook for racism? Oh, I heard about that. He's suing Get him, Boosie. Get him. Boosie back. <laughs> Told y'all niggas. <laughs> now nah, I'm just real I oh, listen, man. Boosie's antics are ridiculous most of the time, and I hate the fact that he's always on Vlad, but I one hundred percent support his his lawsuit against Facebook oh, for yeah. racial discrimination. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Facebook is so jealous of Boosie's fucking following. It is out of the world. Facebook hates that Boosie and his ghetto ass uses their platform to promulgate so much hood shit. I love it. (laughs) Fuck Facebook. Like, what else is Facebook good for other than promulgating hood shit? Really? Dividing the country and spreading misinformation. Mm, Very true. And he's not doing that. It's like, man, if you're going to be ignorant and you're not going to be ignorant in the favor of the state, then I'm going to have to go ahead and cut you off. Is essentially what Facebook said. Like, if your coonery is not helping the state, then I'm going to have to actually leave. Damn. And Boosie was like, nah, B, this shit make me money. <laughs> but nah, dude, fucking, I really, 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 really hope that Boosie wins this suit. Because even though I feel like putting $20 million in Boosie's hands is useless to the black community, um, I think that hitting Facebook for $20 million, that even though it's a everybody. drop in the bucket, is a is a great, great precedent for content creators who feel like they are being shafted 
by Facebook's disproportionately abusive policies, but go right on ahead. I I I advocate for the right uh, of of content creators to hit these DSPs for unfair practices, hundred percent. But hey, we'll see. Boosie versus Mark Zuckerberg, yo. Who you got in that versus? <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg got bars. <laughs> Boosie all day, man. Boosie gonna kill that shit, oh, man. Oh, man, that's pretty funny. But yeah, um, what's been going on? Did you hear about Chance's legal dispute with his um with his manager? No. Manager yeah, the, trying to yeah. dip in his pockets. Yeah. So so. No, oh no 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 oh, okay. no no no. So Chance's last album did terribly. Okay. Like epically bad. Um. His sales are as transparent as the disc he was holding up on the cover. <laughs> um, and so, post that album, he fired his manager, saying, you know, you didn't manage me well. When the manager has receipts of him trying to manage him and Chance <laughs> saying, nah, I think I'm good. So, he's suing him for wrongful uh, termination. And I'm kind of on, I kind of feel him. I kind of feel him. Like, Chance, okay, you did a terrible seats. thing. Now he was being extra. He was like, "You ruined both of our careers." He's like, "No, nigga, he <laughs> ruined album, yeah, my nigga. Nah, yeah, exactly. Like, album? no, he nah, ruined your manager, career. Bro. You, you got fired. That's no, no, the manager. The no, no, the manager said that about oh. Chance. <laughs> you're and, being dramatic, and, and you're being very dramatic. <laughs> you're being dramatic. First of all, it's Chance's <laughs> career, and your career was was was, was was destroyed by being fired. So it's it's not exactly equivalent. Man, if you if one if being fired once destroys your career, you never had a career to begin with. That's not a career, right? Feel me. Like you gotta have at least a decade in service or multiple job holdings under your belt to say that you're in a career. Feel me. You gotta be able to fucking switch. Also, if you was worth shit as a manager, it wouldn't be, wouldn't matter. You'd be managing somebody else that you although you'd you would feel have the someone hit else of in your camp that that, that could possibly ruin your career. No one person should ruin a manager's career. True really? facts. Really? If you're a manager and you're managing one person, then you're sorry. Yeah, like you're you literally not doing the work, bro. Yeah. You're literally not doing the work. Like you're managing. You should be able to handle managing multiple people at once because those people are doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, not even that. Like, come on, son. Like, get your bread. The more people you manage, the more money. You only want one. You only want one client. Got one client, but it'd be fucking amazing. Apparently, not. According to I mean, the unless, unless that one client is is the baby or somebody huge, right. you better find another client, bro. Feel me. Um, I'm pretty sure that Chance isn't the one client taking you to the top. Because Chance might do well for himself, but he does most of his production and merch independent. Your manager ain't making that much off of that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that that was really funny. And then and then you have Chance over here on his new project with Justin Bieber, ne- America's Next Great Pastor. It's America's Got Talent for Pastors. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. And Justin Bieber's on it? Yeah, you ain't bro. with it? I'm joking. This shit is trash. Bruh. I cannot believe this shit. Like, See, when you said I'm just joking, I was hoping you were going to say the show wasn't real. No, the show is real. The concept me, is real. That might not be the title, but the concept of the show is real. You know. I mean, fuck it. They're making a mockery of religion anyway. Why stop here? I was just like, yo, my G, it is disgusting, it. the mockery of religion you're making right now. Go ahead, bro. The, it is Deal disgusting, thing. the mockery of religion that's happening right now. Justin Bieber and Chance. I mean, me? I might take it a little hey, bit more seriously if it was like CC Winans and Kurt Franklin and, and and who's that new brother on the um 
on the gospel scene. I know you've heard of him too because he's super popular. Um, because he does more than just gospel, gospel. But oh man, like there's there's people in the scene right now that I would legitimately accept this from as a form of entertainment, not as a form of religious growth, but as a form of entertainment. But definitely not Chance and Justin Bieber. Definitely also, not. The Chance concept and of that short show is weird in and of itself. Sounds pretty stupid. Oh, that does that not sound like war. But then I've been off Chance since Chance said that racism was over. Yo. Like, <laughs> I've been off that nigga. That like wonder, anybody, anybody who what believes is, that. Um, I wonder what is that didn't age well. Up, by the way, <laughs> that was I think 2018. That nigga was like hey, racism's over, and then like everything <laughs> burned down. Right? It's like is racism still here? Because I could have swore Chance ended it. <sighs> Man. But yeah, there was there was that going on. On um, what else is going on in entertainment? Yo, Tiana Taylor. She's, Tiana. So Tiana ended up. She had a, a her her Spotify wrap up in terms of her her metrics were astounding. She nice, had a great nice. year of streaming. You know, you don't make a lot of money off of streaming. It's not like it's life changing for her, who is already making good money, who's married to somebody who's very, who's wealthy in and of itself. You know, who's talented and does this thing. You know, she herself had a great year of streaming, but she doesn't feel like she is appreciated by the executives of her label. And so because of this, she's A, seriously contemplating retiring because she doesn't feel appreciated by the the industry. And B feels like she is having an undue strain on her mental wellness through the 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 ga- I'm essentially going to call it gaslighting of record labels in terms of the quality and and numbers that she puts up. Now she's 100% right. She's absolutely underappreciated and 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 destructively ignored when it comes to the quality of her work. I just don't know if I how genuine that response is that now mind you Tiana Taylor my dude when I talk about universally loved in and out of the industry you are hard fucking pressed to find a serious person who actually listens to music who doesn't have positive things to say about Tiana Taylor of course there's haters of course, there's peons, but we can't base our understanding of ourselves or the audience off of that minority. Not to mention the love that the industry from her collaborators to the game to everyone who encounters her universally sings her praise. So to come back viewing your success Viewing your love. Now, you might not have had the money you'd think you deserve, but after that outpouring of love consistently, to, to value the opinion of record execs and, 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 and award nominators above the people who genuinely consume your, your music, I think is the height of, of insecurity. And it's sad because this is somebody who... The proof is in the pudding. I'm not just saying... I'll, you shouldn't be insecure. You're beautiful and talented. I'm not just pandering to her. This is like I I, I implore you. 
Find me the, this this constituency of human beings who do not appreciate her. Now, mind you, it means nothing if it's not the people who she wants the appreciation from. But at some point, we as people have to get past that. At some point, we got to get past asking the slave masters if they love us. They clearly don't. And it, and, and, and it is your decision as somebody who is not poor. I'm not saying she's rich. I'm not watching her pockets. But she's clearly not poor. You can take your life into your own hands. Why are you surrendering your agency to these people who give no fucks about you? If you made your music for the people and for yourself, and I believe every artist should make music for themselves, you got to then you shouldn't be considering retiring unless A, the people or yourself don't fuck with the music anymore. That's not to say that, you know, she should be running to labels or sign this. To, no, no, no. But if you want to make music and you don't want to do it with a label, barring any contracts that you have to fulfill, how does that lead you to retirement? Unless you're just done with music, which I can understand and respect. But don't tell me you love music and you love your fans, but since record execs don't love you, you're going to retire? That's not a... That, I don't know. That doesn't seem plausible to me. It feels like you're, you're, you're taking... You're, you're leaving a whole section of your argument out, <laughs> which I'm interested in. Because you have... And, and, and I'm... It, fuck me. Who the fuck am I to validate her feelings? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that as a fan, someone who appreciates and loves her music, I don't know Tiana Taylor to say I love her, but I love her music. I would appreciate you as an artist, if you care about your fans, could you please elucidate that to us? Because you felt it necessary to elucidate all your other issues with us, but not the heart of the matter. Because the heart of the matter, to me, doesn't come from record execs. To me. Just as somebody who's attempting to follow what she is giving to her fans and taking from her fans. And so I just don't understand that takeaway that you just want to walk away from everything because some white people don't appreciate you. I don't know. Does that seem, does that seem like a plausible line of logic to you or am I just tripping? Um, I can kind of see where she's coming from. It could mm-hmm. be from where she's coming from. It could be the discrepancy that she discrepancy that she's seeing between how the execs she treats some people and how they treat her. She could be seeing somebody maybe making less money and doing less successful, getting more props from the executive, and that's burning her quite, quite terribly. I get it. But, but then why don't you leave? You know what I mean? Like, oh, but with that, I would say don't worry about that. Nobody who loves music ever stays um, out of it. Yeah, you you never retires just once. Like nobody special has told us that he's quitting music at least three times. And now when he says we're just like for show, and then he'll be making music. The oh, next it's like morning. Crystal when she says she's quitting weed. <laughs> yeah, oh, you don't remember that in high school? Yo, when we were That's in high school, funny. my homeboy's sister Crystal. I do remember that? Yeah, she's would consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Every week, tell us she's quitting weed. (laughs) And every Saturday morning when me and Corey (laughs) would be sitting on the porch smoking a blunt, she'd come outside and say, I'm starting next week. 
<laughs> Lit. I mean, that shit was ridiculous. But I that's the same sentiment I get from Nobody Special. Once a week, he quits music, and then seven, six days out of the week, he's on music. Pretty much. Well, he doesn't quit that often. He's only quit three times, but he never quits for more than, like, eight hours. <laughs> Bro, that nigga, that nigga wake up and Can't be like, I'm done with music. I'm selling all my shit. And he'll be mixing a beat or making a beat by midday. By lunch, that nigga will be making a beat. Good reason. You know, people who love the music love the music. It's just that because the music industry itself is insidious. So, you know. It the, is. The human well, and, side and, of us and, gets, and it's not just the music industry. It's industry. Mm-hmm. It's whenever you take capitalism and apply it to an industry, it will invariably create a separation between the 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 people who own the mode of production and the people who utilize the mode of production. That is a fundamental contention of capitalism that will pervade every single interaction until we realize that you cannot govern every industry through capitalism. And the only way to save capitalism is to segment the industries that can be under capitalist domain and then segment the industries that should be under socialist domain and deal with them as such. Now, entertainment is going to be a gray, a gray area in that in that scenario in which it will be difficult to to say that entertainment as non-essential should be restricted from capitalist endeavors. But I would go as far as to say that entertainment actually is a super pivotal industry because it reproduces our internal lives. Like we really value a lot of industries that reproduce our physical lives, whether it's the computers we're on, whether it's the food we eat, we value those industries, but we don't value the industries that recreate our internal lives, like education and the arts, our mental and social lives. We don't really ingratiate the, the uh, industries that healthily engage that. So there's like tech industries that 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 engage our social lives, but they are not social technologies. That's not what they are. They're content delivery platforms. That's not a social technology. A social technology would be something like your phone in which I can call you and talk to you and interact with you, which is not what's happening on, on social media. It's you interacting with millions of figmented avatars. And so that's not a genuinely social in- interaction. That is a full social inter- interaction. But yeah, that's a whole nother discussion as to how do we orient our economy to actually provide for human well- wellness and well-being overall, which we should definitely have that conversation at some point. But yeah, in other entertainment news, they trying to cancel Shuri for being a genuine free thinker, not a Lupe free thinker. <laughs> like that shit's wild. First of all, get the fuck back. Suri's a protected, protected entity. Do not roll up on her sideways, yo. She posted a, 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 a video on Twitter in which it generally was talking about skepticism about a vaccine. But the gentleman also did go off a little bit on his ideas of acceptance of transgender people and so forth. Um, I didn't detect any lies. And so for me, I didn't see it as immediately uh like a, a red flag or anything but boy did the twitter verse come at her they tried to listen first of all if you don't understand black people shuri's following is black people 
internationally. Shuri's got black people from Nigeria to America to the UK riding for her ass. You ain't going to cancel her because that's a white America thing. That's first and foremost. But beyond that, she has done so much to to utilize the platform she was given by by her mentor and friend Chadwick Boseman to honor his spirit. If you don't get all the way the fuck out of here trying to cancel Shuri, anyway, the Twitterverse needs to chill out. Because while I really don't like the fact that people have weaponized the term social justice warrior to mean somebody who is overzealous for something that has nothing to do with them, they got these social justice warriors got to fall the fuck back. They can't they they really need to add some nuance to their vision because let me tell you, they have just been running rampant. Like you got social justice warriors over here coming at Square Enix talking about, yo, second episode of Final Fantasy seven remake better have some diversity and representation when it comes to the LGBTQIA community or else we going to have a, a problem. Like if nigga, I thought I this was fu- a remake. I will fucking kill every single one of you if you fuck with my game, bro. I mean, they're like, come on, this is a fictitious universe based off of an already established story, Mm -hmm. and they are fighting tooth and nail to to alter the storyline to somehow shoehorn diversity of sexual preference into a fucking JRPG about a fucking remaking of the universe from the evil Sephiroth. Like, come on, dog. That's not, no, this isn't the battlefield. This is not the place to be, like, dying on the hill of diversity. Not at all. Like, I don't understand. Not every story is that diverse. I get it. We want to encourage people who are creating to create from a place where they can express the breadth and width of diversity. But this is not that. This is a game that is attempting to use a blueprint and a rubric from a prior release to 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 reintroduce it into a new world. This is this is not a game that centers around those kind of social issues to shoehorn those kind of uh, uh, messages into. Like I could understand if that was a core part of the Final Fantasy mythos was dealing with those. Like like when you're dealing with X Men. So okay. I'm going to go off on a whole nother tangent right here. When Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were developing the X-Men, they they did so with the explicit uh, reasoning of utilizing the allegory of the mutants to represent minorities and underrepresented people. That was on purpose. The X-Men, for the most part, was supposed to be a parallel of the civil rights movement. And so there's an allegory there that's very deep. And I say that to say this is an environment that is ripe to do exactly what these people are talking about. Okay, we have an allegory that is already made to represent minority peoples and ideologies. So as we evolve those new stories in that universe, let's think about inclusion. Let's think about creating a universe that is at least a little bit more reflective of the universe we live in, and that'll actually help with engaging the reader. That I understand. I understand why 
when Marvel decided to make uh, Franklin Richards a human rather than a mutant because he has reality warping powers and he has the ability to to change his orientation at will, that could be viewed as problematic because Franklin Richards's race or species is supposed to be analogous to things in our real world that you can't do that with. So it's a little bit dismissive to to take someone who is the most powerful of a certain race and then they can just wish away their the their otherness like that. That's not healthy. So I get why social justice warriors came to the table and said, "Guys, you purposely made this allegory and now you're using it in a way that's detrimental to to the development of that community." We should probably rethink our attitudes towards that. And actually, not for nothing, Marvel was very uh, receptive to that. And so they they started gearing that storyline more towards a, a uh, uh, an ideology or a, a depiction of Franklin Richards that didn't represent an ability to erase otherness because that's very dismissive, especially when you work so hard to create the connection of that allegory between mutants and minorities. That's not what's happening in Final Fantasy Remake. There's there's no openings in this story. Like they might be revisiting and and changing relationships, but they're not altering them fundamentally, and that is a fundamental alter- alterations to many of the characters. And so I just don't see how this is a way for them to push forward the cause of being uh, represented in a world, especially when the representation they're asking for never existed. They're asking for representation in a fictitious world that never existed. That's not, that's not going to help anyone. As we can see right now with Kamala Harris, representation in a real world doesn't seem to mean much of fucking anything. Because when you look at the people she's surrounding herself with in that cabinet, that she personally said that she had a a, a strong hand in helping build, that don't mean shit. It's not just about representation. And, and the fact that social justice warriors haven't gotten a hold of that idea and understood that representation, while it is important, is only one of the of the pillars that need to be that need to be addressed for an inclusive society it it, it it just shows how i believe disingenuous that that causes this whole this whole social justice it's it's a self-edifying thing they do it so they can feel good about themselves because they know that they've caused so much harm to the world that if they don't save anyone then they won't even be be uh applicable to be called good people by their own standards and it just sucks because they they do this and then they end up ruining things that other people love. It's like, dude, why does your desire for representation have to mar something that was never objectifying of you in the first place? Final Fantasy VII Remake never objectified any of the minority communities that 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 they're saying are underrepresented. I mean, all of the backlash from Barrett came from white people. And it was like, guys, um, you know, most black people enjoy that vernacular. 
and they actually enjoy seeing somebody with that vernacular in a game that they love. And yeah, it's parroting, but no black person thinks that Japanese people are going to get black people right. Like, we're just happy that they even care enough to have someone who looks like us in there. And so the, the, the outrage came from all white people. And so it, it's just one of those things. It's like you guys are ruining everyone else's shit for your own savior complex that nobody is going to validate. Nobody's going to come and say, God damn, dude, you saved Final Fantasy Remake Episode 2 by getting them to change Cloud into having a loving relationship with Vincent. Boy, is that every, what everyone was asking for. Like, I, no. Nobody was looking for that in the story <laughs> at all. But yeah, no, that shit, boy, that's a quick way to get me to <laughs> attack my, 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 my Final Fantasy games and we might have to go to blows. But yeah, I saw that that was running across the feed. Um, I've been going. There's been a ton of shit going on in social, um, in the social and political sphere. Um, let me go ahead and get the get the sad part out of the way. R.I.P. to Casey Goodson. He was an Ohio man who was murdered on his doorstep because and 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 God, I fucking hate the yo. There is. Let me chill out because there's shit about this country that 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 want to send a nigga over the edge. The first thing that came out of the Columbus police officer... Take a, can you take a wild guess what the first thing that was released from the Columbus PD? Uh, what is it? Is it his, his record or some shit? His single arrest? Well, you know what ago? it is. You know what it is? Oh, no. Armed black man oh. was the first thing that they said. Armed black man shot dead by police. Now, was he armed? Take, I'll give you three guesses what he was armed with. What a TV remote A turkey fucking sandwich nigga And so they frame it as he was armed And that's why he got shot No He was shot because he was a black man He was never armed He was never armed But yet they will frame it as he's armed So that they can continue to perpetuate this idea that Black people had it coming if you guys would just stop having guns and stop being ignorant Negroes, then, boy, police wouldn't shoot you so much. That's what they're trying to tell us. Stop being an ignorant Negro and standing in front of your house with a sandwich because you're clearly armed. Like, it just infuriates me that they would frame it like that. Especially after I just watched a video of a white guy getting pulled over with a with a exposed firearm threatening to kill the cops and they let him drive away. I'm just, I just can't understand how there's people out there. I understand how this exists. What I don't understand is the fucktards who keep on telling me that the police are such a powerful and positive force in our society. Are you shitting me? Like, are you fucking that ignorant? Are you that ignorant that you could tell somebody who just watched someone and mind you, this guy looked like me, man. This guy, man, just a light skinned dude with long hair, you know, facial hair, like just, Somebody who I can identify with. Just, it doesn't matter how dark you are, how big you are. No, nothing, man. If you get perceived as black, you will die at the hands of the police if they feel like it's necessary. If you are white, you are given the privilege to do whatever the fuck you want. Period. Like, you just can't, like, please, please, please provide me the evidence of otherwise. I'm begging you. Because right now, people act like it's fun to live in America with this rage. 
People act like it's fun to live in America knowing that you're hunted. People act like it's fun to live in America to know that whatever offspring you have is going to be born into a world where they're unsafe. It's not fucking fun. People aren't mad for funsies. We're asking for this for a reason. Because we have the right to live without the fear of police just like everyone else. And I can't fucking wrap my head around the ignorance that it takes for someone like just acknowledge you're racist and you enjoy living in a white supremacist country that i can get that i can get then at least i can apply to un for fucking refuge someplace else and get the fuck out of here but your gaslighting of the fucking black population in this country is causing us to be stuck here in this shit if you want us out, then why won't you open the door? Like, they're just that fucking evil. Like, that's why, I, I, you know, there's a lot of just shitty people out there. And I don't always say that all shitty people are evil. But these people are just evil. They've locked us in this box. Now the rest of the world won't even allow us out because they, nobody wants to accept Americans anymore because we fucking can't sit our asses down without getting fucking infected with coronavirus. And it's just like, come on, guys. Like, it's not the black people fucking up this country, man. It's really not. Black people might be fucking up their own communities, but they're definitely not fucking up this country. We definitely ain't fucking up this country. That's on, that's on the white people. Y'all niggas got to take some responsibility for what the fuck you're doing to this country. Seriously. Because it ain't black people who, are, who, who have you know, weapons who are not being arrested. It's white people. It's not black people who are making threats on the governor's life. It's white people. So let's be honest with ourselves on what's really going on here. You're going to keep on killing black people. And there's going, to be a, there's going to be an inflection point. That's how the world works. If you don't bend, if you don't break, there's going to be an inflection point where you bend. And it's not going to be in favor of the people who are fucking abusing you. It ain't going to be in favor of the people who are abusing you. So, you know, they could keep on going with this. And, and, and the longer I have to give RIPs, is the worse off this country is going to be looking. because. You cannot keep murdering unarmed people. And then on top of that, they released that he wasn't even the one they were looking for. They were looking for someone else. And it's like, come, like, really? How do you ever plan on apprehending people if you shoot at them first? You know, like, it's just so clear that you have no intention of doing any of the things that you're saying you're doing. You didn't approach that man to apprehend him. Because if you did, then you would have immediately realized, oops, not the right guy. It don't make no fucking sense. You're not trying to apprehend them. You're just trying to murder people in the street, period. And be honest with it. Be honest with it. So that we could come and we can organize effectively based on your honesty. But don't gaslight us and tell us, nah, B, he was armed. Because the worst part is, is that I guarantee you that 99% of white people read that headline and stopped that armed black man gets shot dead. And they wrote it off. They didn't read anything further. They didn't wait for the updates. They didn't do nothing. And that's complicity of the media in the fucking police. That's why I love to see police beat up the media in the fucking protest. They deserve that shit. Oh, the media deserves every fucking time they get hit with a canister in their chest. Because you motherfuckers are part and parcel to why they act this way. Who do you think ginned up the love of the police? It was the media. It was MSNBC. And CNN, who never accurately reported on their murders in the first place. You could go back to Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, all of your faux 
crying in rage was a misrepresentation of what was really happening when you guys should have been talking about the fucking utter hollowing out of the trust of this country that has been created by the mass murder of black people by police officers. But nah, we're not going to frame it like that. That's contentious. Well, murdering unarmed black men is very contentious. You might want to address the contentious story as contentious as it it appears. But no, they want to seem like they're fair and honest on both sides. That's not true. When one side is lying and one side is telling the truth, giving air to the liar is not being fair and honest. That's giving platform to liars. Period. And so, yeah, man. That was a real fucked up one when I saw that. And when I saw it, of course, the first thing that was released with no other additional information was armed gunmen shot dead in Columbus, Ohio. That's all that was released on the first thing. That's all they said. And they let it sit there and let that narrative marinate in people's psyches before they released, oops, it was the wrong guy and he was unarmed. What the fuck? What the living fuck? How do you not stop and say, guys, somebody's head's going to roll for this. You murdered an innocent man on his doorstep and no one will get in trouble for this. All right. Cool. That's the you, you, when you see someone going from impassioned to completely calm. That's when you know shit's about to bust. And, and I'm telling you, man, it's going to bust, man. This shit is not. Not a fucking healthy environment for for this country to be moving forward in. And you got do nothing Biden in this shit. He ain't fixing nothing. He got top cop Kamala. She only gonna make it worse. It's gonna be a shit show. It's gonna be a shit show. 2021 is gonna be a fucking shit show. But yeah, I wanted to get that one out of the way. Um, All right, let's hit up Grandmaster Jay arrested it on federal charges. Evidently, he had a uh, altercation a few months back with some with some. Uh, I'm not sure if it was police officers, but it he had his weapon with several armed men with him, and they were approached by authorities. And for some reason, they let him go that day, and they're now arresting him on charges. I I think that Grandmaster Jay is just now realizing that he was being used. He was being used by the Trump administration because he was security for Trump back in um 2018 and 19, I believe. Right before NFAC became like a big public thing during the protests. And moreover, one of the chicks that was that was caught in the pictures with NFAC is a paid actor. Straight up paid actor. Really pretty sister with the afro, with the with the uh, with the bulletproof vest on and the the M sixteen. She's a paid actor, straight up. Like I saw her fucking her her page. She she says she actually bills herself as a protest actor. So between Grandmaster Jay uh, providing security for Trump, which to me tells me that he should be under the graces of Trump. Him utilizing paid actors in his protests and then eventually getting arrested, I mean, to me tells me that he sold out to 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 the Trump administration, only to realize that the Trump administration didn't fuck with you. Who knew they can't be trusted? And that's a shame, man. 
Because Grandmaster Jay, I think, was advocating for something I think is very positive. But it makes me think again. Because why would someone like that be promoting something that's actually positive for black people? Because maybe there's something that I'm missing and it's not. Maybe this whole idea of armed militia organization isn't the best idea. Maybe arm yourself, but organizing in militia status, which honestly is the subpar strategy. The best strategy is for black people to be on code, each individually armed and capable of enacting a black agenda such that if the if the clarion call ever went out, we can spontaneously organize. But having long-standing organizations like the Black Panthers, like the new like the People's Party, which is an offshoot of the Black Panthers, having these organizations makes targets for them. And they're very good at infiltrating and destroying organizations. What they're not good at is dealing with spontaneous, widely distributed dissonance. That's why Trump hates the internet so much. As much as he engages with it, he hates people on the internet because he can't, you can't control or account for that kind of distributed malfeasance. The kind of chicanery that happens on the internet is like unstoppable. You'd have to take down the internet for it to stop. And so... I don't think that Grandmaster Jay was a pro-black experience this year. It was an experience. I think that he was important because he got us to think about a lot of things. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like, in fact, was something that was started for the best interest of black people. That was the that was the 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 um, ideology on paper. But in practice, it doesn't seem that Grandmaster Jay um, and some of the people involved with NFAC had the best interest of their constituency in mind, which is a shame because I'm always looking for good, positive, pro-black, um, pro-organizing, but pro-arm-yourself influences because I think it is super important to make sure that not only are you armed, but you're trained. It's just a part of living in America and being under duress is that you never want to be untrained in an, in your self-defense. It's just probably not in your best interest. You know, no matter what they want to tell you, this is not a safe enough country to be untrained in your own self-defense. Especially when the people who you would rely on in a case where you can't defend yourself are also looking to kill you actively so that was a that was a little bit depressing to hear you know further malfeasance on the parts of uh grandmaster jay but we'll see where that goes um what else we got going on oh you know what i saw this story from canada i thought was a really awesome uh feel-good story and so um canada has a a similar culture to america um and when it comes to their uh, bar culture and their restaurant culture they feel very similarly to a lot of americans they 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 hate this lockdown and they they want everything to open back up but unlike americans they actually have brains and hearts and they work in concert so 
what they did is is that people stopped buying beer from the local uh because in Canada, I don't know if you've ever been to Canada. Have you ever been to Canada? Mm-hmm. They only sell beer in establishments and federal beer dispen- distribution centers. There's no like, you can't buy beer in the gas station or nothing like that or beer at the supermarket. You either do it in an establishment or you go to one of the federal alcohol distribution centers. So what the community decided to do was that they were just going to go buy the beer from the bar not to stay at the bar, but just to go home with. So they bought the stock of the bar and restaurant out, and that gave them enough money to last through the whole fucking pandemic because they actually, no restaurant ever fucking considers selling, like they don't budget to sell their whole stock. So right. it was a windfall for them. It was a huge windfall to sell everything in their in their pantry. None of it went bad. They didn't waste anything. It was like, it was an amazing, and it was like, what a sensible thing to do. There's a pandemic and I don't want my restaurant, local restaurant that I love to fail. So I can patronize them in a safe way. And guess what? If the rest of the community can come together with us, not directly next to us, but in solidarity, <laughs> we can save this business without putting everyone at risk. So that is what I wanted to, to, to point out in this story. If you have a local eatery or 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 alcohol distribution center, or anything of that nature that you feel is being negatively impacted by the pandemic. See what you can do about organizing a group of people to buy out their stock while they're closed. That way, you can help them stay afloat. They don't have to worry about waste. And they can prepare to come back when things are better, when things open up. Like, it's just such a simple idea. I get it. Nobody wants the restaurants and stores to be closed. I understand. But we also have to acknowledge that we need to utilize certain protocols to deal with the pandemic that's been ravaging America. And I say America particularly because, you know, there, there's a tweet. There's like four dozen countries that haven't had a death in months. And we're still losing thousands of people a day. Whether it's to COVID or not, we're losing thousands of people a day to respiratory issues. What is going on right now? So the fact that that is the, the, the fact of the matter, we should be adhering to some form of protocol to see what we can do about doing our personal you know, uh, duties to benefit public health. And so in that light... Stop being dickheads and partying in public tooth to jowl with people who are probably sick. If you want it, there's ways of supporting venues and people without putting everyone at risk. And the fact that nobody is willing to take just a, well, I shouldn't say nobody. The fact that vast the majority of Americans are unwilling to, to put the public health above their personal convenience is just so indicative of the rot of this country's culture. Like I always say, man, America's got culture. It's just really shitty. You know, people say, oh, America doesn't have a culture. It's pop culture. And it's like, that's a culture. It's a shitty one. It's a real bad one. It's one that doesn't promote any of the things that are necessary for society to flourish into the future. Like, we'll never make it to the stars like this. That's for damn sure. (laughs) We will be a terrestrial uh, hominid race until we go extinct. But yeah, that was, I saw that that was going on. I thought that was really cool. Um... Yeah, uh, I did see uh, that 
the San Bernardino County and the Orange County police sheriffs have announced that they will not be enforcing any of Gavin Newsom's stay-at-home orders, that this is a holiday season and then people can be personally responsible enough to keep themselves safe. And then when Gavin Newsom threatened them uh, to, to defund them, they were like, oh, same way that Trump threatened to defund you if you didn't follow federal laws. Got him! <laughs> and I don't agree with the police chiefs at all, but fuck you, Gavin Newsom. That's exactly what you're doing. Like, you literally condemned the, the president for doing the same thing, and now you're doing it to the people in your constituency, which shows a certain lack of self-awareness that I would hope that my leaders would have. But it's Gavin Newsom, man. That guy's been a fucking tard the whole time, man. That shit's sad, man. Cause, cause, and that's the, that's the worst part. People love them some Gavin Newsom. They swear he's the reason why the pandemic hasn't gone totally sideways. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't think it's his. I don't think it's his guidance. <laughs> I really don't think it's his guidance. But yeah, that that shit I thought was crazy because, like, damn. I think that you know, people are starting to see, like, yo, you know, your 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 local cops own your city, right? Like the local cops own your city. Whatever cop is 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 patrolling his jurisdiction in your community owns your community. They can tell the politicians that they will and will do whatever they want. They will enforce the laws that they will and uh, that they do and don't like, and they they will ignore the laws that they don't like. Which makes it all the more plausible that they very unevenly distribute law. Uh, among black and white people because they're very willing to ignore laws that they don't like and they're very willing to uphold laws that they do like. And so it just shows they could they could evenly distribute you know their 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 law enforcement. They just choose not to. They don't want to. But yeah, I'm sure that was no question to you, but I'm there's definitely people out there who are unfamiliar with the discretion of a police officer. But yeah, that's what's been going on with that. Politics. Well, we got a couple politics rap, uh, topics before we wrap. Um, looks like there's a move from the House of Representatives. They passed the bill to decriminalize marijuana, and it's going to go to the Senate now. And it's so hilarious. The um, It's hilarious because the, the Democrats are trying to use that as a way of turning out the vote in Georgia for... Uh, for the Senate race that's about to come with Loeffler Purdue versus um, Ossoff Warnock, um, Warnock. And they're saying, listen, you know, there's no way we get this through the Senate if we don't win those two seats. <laughs> so if Georgia wants to see its uh, its cannabis legalization, they should go ahead and, uh, you know, vote in them some Democrats and the Democrats will help push that through the uh, legislation, which, I mean... I honestly don't think Ossoff will vote on the side of Democrats when it comes to legalization. I don't think he'll vote for legalization, which would be a fucking travesty because he would be the type he he would need to be the one voting for decriminalization so that the tie can happen and then the tiebreaker goes to Kamala, which I'm not even sure if she's going to need to decriminalize it, but <laughs> she's got a better chance than Ossoff for sure. But that'll be interesting. Um, the decriminalization, I don't actually know how that, that would filter down to us. I don't know, actually know if local law enforcement, because state laws, when it comes to enforcement, override federal laws. So if a state has a restriction on it, I doubt they're going to get rid of it because of a Democratic president decriminalizing it. 
I'm pretty sure Alabama is going to keep it illegal. You know, I'm pretty sure that that Wisconsin is going to keep it illegal. I think Wisconsin's still illegal. But yeah. I'm not sure how when this comes down the pipe this actually benefits anything cuz most states have already been moving away from the federal yep. federal um rules as it is. So that was going on. Uh dude there was some real interesting shit going on in international politics. And I'll wrap on these last two two topics. Uh, you have Evo Morales publicly accusing Elon Musk of participating in the coup that ousted him because he has a deal with the battery distributor that mines lithium in Bolivia. And so he utilized his... Uh, he utilized his resources to influence things on the side of the uh, of the of the coup government, and this is so, so. There's a book by John Perkins called "Confessions of an Economic Hitman," and this is what America does to, especially to South America. South America was was the was the primary stomping grounds for this form of imperialism. America will offer to build luxury items in countries or bring them all kinds of different uh, infrastructure that only benefits like the upper 10% of people in that country. Um, And then in doing so, we'll gain undue influence in that country and then utilize that influence to take over their politics. And it's 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 an age-old... Uh, uh, system that they've used it's it's something that started early with uh, the United Fruit Company which then I think became either Dole or Chiquita Banana but what they would do is is they would go into these South American countries exploit resources and then when those countries governments attempted to 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 interface with them they would they would tell the American government that their assets are being attacked by the locals. And then the American government would send their, the military to defend their, the, their American citizens. And so this is how they would gain passage into a lot of South American countries to, to pretty much colonize them and invade and, and exploit resources without having to go through the normal channels of commerce and trade that the UN would require. And so, this is, it's not unheard of for America. I mean, it's been at least, they've definitely done it for the last 50 years. Like there's, I, I personally know of instances they've done it in the past 50 years. Chile, Nicaragua, uh, uh, Ecuador. Um, Ecuador had an issue with America trying to privatize its, all of its water. So if, so the Ecuadorians would have to pay Americans to get water. Like that's wild. You know what I mean? But this is the kind of economic uh, assassination that happens to a country on behalf of America. And so this is the 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 means and modes that that uh, Avril Morales are pointing out that Elon Musk is utilizing to secure his lithium uh, mining uh, uh, contract at the expense of the Bolivian people. The Bolivian people voted Evo Morales in, and Elon Musk, like straight up funded a right wing coup 
only to have that government get ousted by the people again. And that's the only reason why we know that Elon Musk was doing this. Partially because of his tongue-in-cheek. This nigga is so brazen that he was tweeting jokes about it. And everyone's like, oh, but they're just jokes. And it's like, they're jokes, but the subject matter he's talking about is serious. If you're a sociopath, you can joke about murdering someone. Because you're a sociopath. You don't feel bad about what you did. You might actually think what you did was right. And so you have no qualms about joking on it about it on a public platform, especially when you know they have no ability to do anything to you about it. What's Ava Morales going to do? What are you going to do? Text message Jack Dorsey? What are you going to do? Text message uh, 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 Donald Trump? Your man's is wilding. He's over here trying to cool my, my country. He ain't going to... There is literally zero consequence for Elon Musk being a bad actor in the in the uh, the Bolivian economy. Zero consequence. So absolutely, I believe he did it. You're a fucking billionaire. No, it's not outside of your reach. I hate this idea that these billionaires don't have the ability, influence, and reach to do some of the fucking crazy. Uh, 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 terrible things that that we talk about they, them being the the butt of. Yes, you as a broke fuck cannot commit broad fucking extortion on that level. Yes, Elon Musk can. Elon Musk can extort Bolivia because he is worth more than half of their GDP. When you make as much money. As half of a country's GDP, yes, an individual can coerce them. Yes, an individual can foment a coup when you individually are worth as much as half of the GDP of the whole fucking country. So stop telling me Elon Musk could never do that. He's, he's not possible. You're a fucking idiot. Like, why are people think that that is a valid thing to say? They, they equate their ability to enact evil in the world as the same thing as, 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 as Bloomberg's ability to enact evil in the world. Bloomberg is infinitely more capable of fucking the world up than you. Just like he's infinitely more capable of saving it than you. It was funny. I saw this tweet. That shit killed me. <laughs> they were like, Amazon customer service. So would you like to make a donation? Me. Bitch, would you like to make a donation? Facts. That's what I'm saying. Like, nigga, how dare you ask me to make a donation when Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world? Fuck you. Fuck you. Unless you quadruple down my donation with the match, I don't want to hear shit. Matter of fact, no, no, no. Unless you 375 times my donation so that it can be roughly close to the disparity between what an average person gets paid and what he gets paid. How about that? If you multiply my donation by 375 times and you match it, then you can ask me for a donation. But outside of that, Get the fuck out of my face. That shit's fucking, no. It's egregious for you to ask people that shit. Fucking selfish bastard. I can't stand that nigga, bro. Fucking Bezos looking like a fucking megalomaniac Humpty Dumpty. But yeah, that shit was going on. Um, Yeah, and uh, we'll wrap up on this one. So India is having probably what will end up in, in, in history being known as the largest labor movement and protest and withholding of labor in history 
You got 250,000 farmers and, and local workers in solidarity with them marching on New Delhi because of, of, of new laws that will bring neoliberal reform to their agricultural market, which is pretty much the death of small farmers. That shit is crazy. And more so, this is, yo, I mean, India, that's a dangerous, 250,000 people is a standing army, whether they're trained or not. That's a lot. It's a lot that's of farmers. a lot of people. A lot of angry, poor people with nothing to lose marching on Delhi right meow. Yo, Modi, Modi about to get fucked up, bro. <laughs> Modi about to get fucked up because I don't think that the Indian military is capable of dealing with that fervent. They're all about disproportionate numbers. So in any situation in which they are outnumbered, they are running. They're, they are turning tail and running, period. They, they are not fighting a standing army of 250,000. They're not going to do it. I promise you. They're not Americans. They are not the American military. They are not used to being mobilized against their own people. Um, there is a very significant um, classist and racist element of, of, of Indian society in which they shun the low class and farmers. And so a lot of times you will have, you know, people who are willing to brutalize them because of their non-citizen status. But I don't know. I just don't know if there's enough people like that in the military to mow down 250,000 hungry, angry people. That much I know. When I say hungry, that's not me being flippant and just starving Marvin them. That's not what I'm doing. In India, this is facts. In India, 75% of the agrarian workforce even if they spent 100% of their salaries on food would still be in food insecure meaning if right. they if they if they owned nothing if they never went to school they never had a car they never married they never got a house they never got anything they just they just live they go to work and then they stand outside and they wait till they go back to work again if that's all they did and received their salary of course if that's all they did, they still would not be able to afford a nutritious diet. That's a fundamental failure of, of society. It's a fundamental failure. If society's not doing that, then it is definitely not working. That's one of the reasons why American society has taken so long to fail. Because they still manage to feed most of the people. But I'm telling you, with these, these, these food pantries getting overrun and with the lines being miles and miles, it's going to get to a point where people become food insecure on such a large enough level that they're going to start marching. But that's not the present right now. In India, they are presently at the place where a substantial... So I think agrarian work is 65% of the of the uh, Indian workforce and 75% of that 65. So, so you know, three-fourths of that 65% just can't afford to eat most of the time. I'm not saying that this is a, a starving, hungry, angry mass for no reason. It is literally starving, hungry, angry mass. And boy, I, and, and, and Modi has already let off with some pretty brutal tactics when it comes to keeping them down. So, you know, I, I just hope that 
as I, I wish all solidarity with laborers around the world, agricultural laborers and otherwise. You know, I give I give as much respect to the sex worker as the engineer. One hundred percent. And I find that they're both of their work is essential to society's functioning. And so when I hear that there is two hundred and fifty thousand hungry poor people in India, I show them the same solidarity that I do with tech uh, engineers who are dealing with years of crunch that are going through abusive cycles of work for months on end. And so I really hope that for all of their hard work and demonstration and, and showing out that they get to have their voices heard because India is not that good about listening to the, the, the lower caste in their society. They're really good at ignoring them. And so I hope that this massive movement creates a voice loud enough to pierce through that, that glass ceiling that, that they experience, because that's also going to in large part, help America because a lot of work is offsourced outsourced from America to India because of the cheap labor, whether it's produce or whether it's just general labor. There's a lot of HR uh, labor that gets outsourced to India. And as the agrarian laborers get rights, it's going to raise everyone's uh, uh, ability to make income and and support themselves and and maintain the safety of their jobs. And because of that, it's going to cause, you know, it's going to disincentivize America from sending out uh, all of its jobs to India, at least. You know, there's still places in China, there's still places in Africa that we got to deal with that a lot of labor is outsourced to because in those countries, they, they can manipulate either indentured servants or slaves because we just we detailed last episode that China just created a slave population. You know what I mean? In Africa, there's a lot of people who are impressed, and I mean impressment as in forced labor into being indentured servants in the fisheries. You know, like there we there, we have to deal with this in multiple industries around the world. It's a big, 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 big problem, and when we do it will finally make labor in America more lucrative and and create jobs back here. But without dealing with these uh, uh, embattled, oppressed labor forces abroad, we can never fix the labor force in America. Because once we, we ask for any kind of rights or anything here, they're just going to send our jobs to them. They're just going to send our jobs someplace else. We don't got to worry about Mexicans coming here to take our jobs. We more than happily mail the job to, to, to someone in Southeast Asia. It is, is what it is, you know? Like, we got to be honest about those kind of things or else we're going to keep on running in circles when it comes to figuring out how to fuck the deal with the fact that that is what's happening. But yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up on that one. I've been rambling it on enough today. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, my stream of consciousness thoughts on some of these things. I appreciate everyone for joining us. You can hit us up on the social medias. You can find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and on the Twitter at at Home Heron and at Curry underscore T. You can catch me at Rico underscore G Sound. 
and join us next time on 99. We get in there. Thank you for joining, everyone. Have a good night. Peace. Take it easy.